So I'm back with part two of Fibroid Slayer. So I left you on part one saying that I fired three doctors of the same network. And I fired my, excuse me, my white male doctor, I think after two or three years because he just didn't care. He just cared about hysterectomy, hysterectomy, hysterectomy. That's the easiest, and that's what we do, and there's really no other uh, option. And I told him, well, there are. There are, because I did some research, <laughs> and there's X option, Y option, and Z option. Well, we really don't do those because, okay. All right, thank you. Have anything else? Uh, ask me. No. Okay. We're done here, right? Yep. So, I looked for another doctor. I thought maybe a woman, because woman understands uh, another woman's body, right? So, I picked an Indian woman for my next doctor. She was just rude, honey child. She was just blunt and didn't smile and looked at you like you were trash. And the comment that got me, she's like, you need, you're obese, so you need a diabetes screening. Like, bitch, with your skinny ass. Like, okay. So I stuck with her a couple times, a few years. Not more than two. And she just was not a good bedside manner doctor. She acted like she hated her job, hated to be there, and we were dirt. <laughs> so I fired her. Then I got this sweet nurse practitioner, white woman. I loved her. She cared about my body. She cared about things she like was really showing passion concerning my huge fibroids. I always look forward to going to her um and when they said the Indian doctor wasn't in, would you like to go to so and so? Yes, I would rather go to her instead of the Indian doctor. So last year in 2022 I scheduled my appointment and I said Miss Misty is gone I was like what I'm like where does she go I will follow her I don't know she probably went to a new network and they probably didn't tell me because they didn't want to lose patients any more patients to a new network so they said, we have so-and-so. She's really good. She's really nice. She was good. And she was a nurse practitioner also. And her face, when she measured my stomach, was like, wow. Like, like she was shocked. She's like, you, your fibroids, your uterus is up below, is up above your belly button. And... 
your fibroids are huge, like you're 20 weeks pregnant. So she sent me for another ultrasound. This was in June of 2020. I mean, 2022. And, um, and she referred me to a specialist. Well, when I came back for my appointment the next month, the specialist was a black African doctor, female doctor. And when I walked back to her office, she barely looked up. She's like, hi. I said, good morning. And her assistant or medical assistant, she was not that friendly either. Like, she came, she was like, well, and her, the uh, assistant, she's like, well, you might want to get in dress because the doctor might do a, a pap smear. But if she doesn't, oh, well, just put it back on your clothes. Like, I said, can you make sure that that's what she wants to do before I take all this off? Because I didn't realize that I was going to be getting exam or I would adjust differently. <clears throat> oh, yeah. So she went out there. The patient room was right across, right next to the desk. She's like, she doesn't want to get in dress. She's like, what? She's like, she doesn't want to get in dressed. So, are you going to do an exam? So the doctor came in. She's like, I heard you you didn't want to get in dress. I was like, no, that's not what I said. I said, could you make sure that doctor the doctor wants to do a pap smear because she act like, well, he just. Just get undressed for nothing and put your clothes back on if you don't want to do it. I didn't say that to the doctor because I didn't want to get the the child <laughs> fired or disciplined. But I know the doctor heard her because she came in and asked me. So she tried to do a pap smear on me. She couldn't get to my uterus or to my cervix because my fibroid was covering my cervix. Like it was a hook. A hook that... You can see from the picture a hook covering my cervix. <clears throat> so she um, did everything, you know. Well, she scheduled within the next 10 days, they looked up an availability for me to have my surgery. So I had a call back 10 days. Because I haven't gotten a call yet for my um, scheduled surgery. So I finally got the date, which was September 27, 2022. And this was scheduled in July. So I was going to on a schedule for two months. Two months. Nothing. Nobody called me but the surgery scheduler, right? So, I already had my pre-op appointment a week before my surgery. And I was telling my doctor, can I have it on after this week because my son is coming in 
from Michigan to take me, and I have people taking off work, and da-da-da-da-da. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So when I went in for my pre-op, the dizzy assistant came in and was talking to me. She gave me my surgery wash, and she went out back out to get the doctor. doctor sent her back in, like, nervous, like, uh, she's like, well, let me go over this for you. Well, let me, let me, uh, talk, talk about this. Like, they were just making stuff up, like, like, wasting time. Borrowing time until this white male doctor came in. And finally, the surgeon came in. This is the African female doctor. She's like, well, um, I'm going to be on vacation when you come in for your post-op, so I want to reschedule your surgery. I said, say that one more time? When you come in for your post-op two weeks after your surgery, I'm going to be on vacation, and um, I want to be here for ethical reasons. But you're going to be here on the day of my surgery, but you want to postpone my surgery because you're not going to be here on the day of my post-op. Yes, and I want to hand you over to my colleague. Come on in. Never met the man before, never seen him before, never talked to him before. And I was like, no, because I told you my son took off work. He's coming from out of town. Yeah, I understand, I understand. No, you don't understand. Like, like everybody just can't take off work willy-nilly, like, when they want to. So, okay, um... And she was like, she's upset that we're going to change a surgery date. So, um, and he's like, well, I'll see if I can move other patients around. Like, how ethical is that? Like, you're going to move other patients around just to get me in? Or you're going to reschedule me because you want to hand me over to a stranger doctor because you're not going to be here for my post-op appointment that the stranger doctor can see me for, but you're going to be here on the day of my surgery. Hmm. No, she just messed up because when I was checking out, I said, so is this my surgery date or what? She's like, yeah, we're good to go. We're good to go. You're still scheduled for the 27th. I'm looking at her like, are you sure? Yeah, yeah, yeah. L- looking down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, okay, in my mind, they're going to call me and reschedule my surgery. Seven, day at, seven days out, they're going to call me and reschedule my surgery. So she's like, oh, did we send you for blood work? No. Oh, we had to get your iron checked. So they gave me an order. She's like, how soon can you do this? I said, I can go right now. It was like 1130. So I got my blood work that day. My iron was low. Uh, the results came in the same day. I had to call like two days in a row for somebody to for somebody to uh, pick up the phone and talk to me about my my uh, results. And then she had her assistant call and say, 
I'm sorry. Um, doctor needs to reschedule your surgery because your iron is too low. And we don't want to give you... We want to rule out the possibility of a blood transfusion. That's okay. That's understandable. Because I really don't want anybody else's blood in me in the first place. That's understandable. And it gave me a chance to reflect. I don't want these incompetent doctors doing surgery on me. Because, for one, she gave me stupid-ass excuse of why she wanted to reschedule my surgery. For two, she didn't have her shit together because she did blood work a week before my surgery date. And that should have been done within 30 days of my surgery date. And then she scheduled me <clears throat> for five iron transfusions in 10 days. So I went every other day for iron transfusion. Yeah, I even went on a Saturday. But that didn't help because, like, my surgery date was gone and, was gone and passed. Then when I, <laughs> I got the results, looked on my chart. Nobody, nobody in the office read the results yet. So I called the assistant. Oh, the doctor's not here right now. Um. Oh, she was like, I called and she's like, she assumed I wanted to talk about my surgery date or something. I said, no, that's not what I wanted to talk about. I said, if you would have picked up the phone... And talk to me for just a second. You would have known what I was calling about. I think this was um, before my pre-appointment. But anyway. So the doctor was unavailable. I said I need to see a doctor. I said I need to see somebody. And talk about my surgery date. My blood count is up. Somebody needs to call me. That's what I wrote my chart. As a, as a note to the doctor. So, the assistant scheduled me with another doctor. I don't know if that's the same one that I met all of a sudden a week before my surgery date or what. But she scheduled me. Oh, I said, oh, I said I was having severe pain in my pelvis area. Like, dull and sharp pain that just stopped me in my tracks. And I was, the pain was so severe, I had to bend over, like. So, she assumed I was calling about her sur my surgery day. I said, no. If you would have picked up the phone, you would have known what I was calling about, like. So, I put that in my chart. <clears throat> That's a message to my doctor. That I'm having these pains, and I need to talk to somebody about it. So, the assistant scheduled me to talk to some other doctor two and a half weeks later. Are you serious? Are you serious? Okay. So, that's the same day I went and found... My other doctor, I fired a whole network, went to a whole different network, found 
<clears throat> this very educated young white female doctor who between the ages of 20 and 25 she's got all these accolades she just finished her residency in 2020 I, I believe she had all these positive reviews she had a video introducing herself and everything like that's it that's the one so I got this notification that I had a new message in my chart from my old network. I'm sorry, Sherry. I've I've scheduled you with Dr. So-and-so like two weeks out, like two and a half weeks out. I said, thank you, but please cancel this appointment. I'm going with a whole new network. I said, thank you for trying, but sometimes... Your leadership can make you look stupid. I said, good luck in the future. Because that black female doctor, she didn't lead her assistant the right way. And she had her assistant looking stupid. So while she was on her vacation and joining herself, she came back to a patient that no longer wanted her services. Um, and every time I see Lola Davis, that's who the doctor I fired looks like. She's not a, as pretty as Lola Davis, but she looks like Lola Davis in Woman King when she was fighting her toughest battle. So every time I see Lola Davis, I think of I think of <laughs> that doctor. Anyway, I was reading on Twitter, right? And some lady said, it was a post about fibroids, right? And it was some comments that the doctors don't tell you what's wrong with you, and they just leave you to suffer. And she said, I'm 44 years old, and had to deal with a hysterectomy. I had to deal with the hysterectomy because the doctor didn't tell me what was wrong with me. I'm like, what? I said, no, it's not the doctor's fault. I said, it's your health care. You manage it. Like, come on now. Um, so, she got mad at me saying that it's your health care, you manage it. So she expected the doctors to call her <laughs> every now and then and manage her health care for her. I'm like, don't you get um, appointment reminders come in, it's time for you to schedule annual appointment and like, come on. Like, the doctors are there to assist you. You manage your own health care. And she's like, well, I say or fire your doctors if they're not listening to you, like I did. Well, the country we live in, we can't, we don't have the luxury of firing our doctors. Okay. 
and she's like, everybody doesn't have access to health care, and da-da-da-da-da. So she was actually on public assistance, and she couldn't fire her doctors or something. I know what she means by that, because I was on public assistance years ago, and they just, yeah, they just treat you like they want to treat you, but they tell you what's wrong with you. If you ask questions, if you open your mouth, you will know what's wrong with you. I don't, I don't know if you can just fire, you can, you can surely choose another doctor. I don't believe that the doctors didn't tell her what was going on. And then I told her, okay, speak up like you do on this social media platform. Speak up and ask questions. Like, I'm sure you can do that. Like, stop blaming everybody else for the problems that you can manage. So, it's said to be women of childbearing age have fibroids. Some are just bigger than other ones. And, and, they say colored women colored women have more problems with fibroids because we use those hair straightener products and dyes. But white women use dyes and hair well perm products, not as much as we do. I'm not sure how true that is, but every woman has fibroids. And it's just what you eat, what you put in your body. I'm not sure about the chemical use. I'm not sure about that yet. But I know I've been depending on soy milk for the last five or six years. And that's when my fibroids grew bigger. So, let me get back to my wonderful surgeon. My wonderful young white female surgeon. So, I was able to see her within four weeks. I went and met her. She is warm. She is caring. She sat down and listened to me. She was absolutely wonderful. And she scheduled my surgery within <coughs> excuse me, two months. Within that time... She sent me for MRI to see where my fibroids were located. She tried to do a pap smear on me. She couldn't do it. She tried everything. I'm telling you, it was so uncomfortable. But I praise her for trying because she needed to do the pap smear to check for cancer before surgery. But since she couldn't do that, they checked for cancer during my surgery by sending a sample to the lab, a sample of my uterus to the lab, <clears throat> or cervix to the lab. Um, then I had to wait, like, excuse me, two or four days to get that, to get those results back, you know, to see if I had cancer or not. But... She sent me for MRI, 
which took 45 minutes. I was so comfortable because they let me choose my music. They gave me headphones. They talked to me. And um, she saw my where my organs were located. She sent me for <clears throat> blood tests ahead of time. And she did a couple other tests. <clears throat> but she was on it. So I'm so glad I found her. And she called me a night before the surgery because they were talking about a winter storm warning. And she called me and said, I have no words here. Do you have any concerns? Like, she was just, she's just great all around. Then she told me her, <clears throat> the other surgeons that would be in there with her. I didn't know. I was being operated by three bad-ass females. I'm telling you. Dr. Perez, Dr. O'Shea, and Dr. Woods. Three bad-ass females. And they were all intelligent, all beautiful, and all caring. Each one of the doctors came to my room post-surgery and talked to me. Introduced themselves because I was out <clears throat> groggy when I woke up. And it was just wonderful. Like, come on. <laughs> so if you aren't getting the care that you need, fire your doctors or fire the whole network. But now, go ahead. And no matter how long you have to wait, you will get the doctors and the service you deserve. They they did such a good job. I went home. I had surgery that Monday. I went home that Wednesday afternoon, that Wednesday evening, about 5. The next day, Tuesday, I asked the doctor. I had a catheter. In me, I was like, can somebody take this catheter out? Because I want to walk to the bathroom. Oh, yeah, sure, if you feel up to it. It's like, when we take this out, you have to, you have to give me some output in like four hours by this time, or we have to put it back in. I said, okay. And so as soon as they took it out, I walked to the bathroom. I mean, for these five-pound tumors to be connected to my spine... And they removed my uterus and my cervix. And I was up walking the next day. Says something great about those surgeons. Like, I was up walking the next day and went home two days later on that Wednesday. And I stopped taking my pain pills five days later. Because, <clears throat> oh, I had to take whew, seven medications when I came home. I had to shoot myself in the stomach with a needle with this anti anti um oh what you call it? Blood cot blood cot medicine. I had three, four different pain pills and I I didn't have any pain. 
on February 4th, so I just stopped taking my pain medications. But I took the other pills that were prescribed for me for the amount of days that I was supposed to take them for. So, today marks two weeks and two days after my surgery. I go back Friday for my post-op. And I'm going to ask the doctor, when can I drive? I don't have anywhere to go to. I have four more weeks till I go back to work. But I just, sometimes I overdo it. You know, <clears throat> I lay down most of the time, sit up most of the time. But I get up and walk around. And I started fixing my own food. And sometimes I can feel when I overdo it. So I sit back down. So... The second part of the five-word slayer is do not blame the doctors for your failed health. It's your body and your responsibility. Like, if you don't have health care, there's some um, county health care that you can get on. I've done it. Like, three or four times throughout my life when I needed it. Just take care of yourself, ladies. You never, you don't know what's growing in your body. I had no symptoms until like nine months ago. And we were monitoring these fibroids since 2015 with sonograms, with, um, you know, pelvic exams, everything. So until next time, take care of yourself. Bye-bye.